You're listening to Pombo and Peter's Picks, the home of your favorite sports betting podcast, presented by The Daily Goat. Hello and welcome to episode 23 of Pombo and Peter's Picks. I'm Jason Pombo alongside Peter Alves. How are we doing today, Peter? We're good. Probably have ammonia and uh, went to the Red Sox on Tuesday. They suck. So it's all good. Anyways, yeah, so, good let's, time. so other than your uh, your illness, your uh, your cough, uh, how is Fenway as a whole? Uh, I know you've been there a couple times since the pandemic. And was this the first time you went that you did not have to wear a mask? Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, honestly great because like nobody wears a mask like ever. Even the workers, like most of them don't wear it. So, oh, that's cool. It's all good. So it was, uh, you, you had seen, you had nice seats. Uh, it wasn't the result you were hoping for, but. No, A4, Matt Barnes blows it at the end. Yeah, you can't, watch uh, your mouth. You, you, gotta watch your mouth. you gotta watch your mouth. Keeps up. Nope. Gets exposed. It throws fastballs right down the middle and he deserves it. You know, when Barnes is the only so guy straight. in the bullpen. Barnes is the only guy in the bullpen we're throwing. He gets hey, the fatigue. And, exposed. Teams getting exposed. I'll Fine. agree with I'll agree with you in terms of the bullpen getting JD's exposed. JD's a walking strikeout. Vasquez is terrible. I mean, Chris Sales is going to start on Saturday, but he only can pitch one every five days. It's fun. Yeah, Chris Sales returning, uh, which is good. I think he just made his last start in Worcester. Yep. Which is good. Uh, hopefully, he can bring a jolt to the starting rotation. But I, I think that bullpen's in a world of hurt. I think the offense will eventually come around. Like I, I think JD Martinez will come out of a slump. Uh, I do think other guys will kind of come about. About the bullpen, I am most concerned about because to win playoff games, to go deep in the postseason, you need your bullpen to be rock solid. And before the All Star break, they're like three ahead, and now they're five behind. And Toronto's like two behind them, and the Yankees are two and a half behind them. And Red Sox are going to be in fourth place. Probably the next time we record this podcast. The Red Sox are closer to fourth than they are at first. Right. Will they turn it around? We'll no. see. I, I don't think I still think they're gonna make the wild card. Like I, I do think they'll make the playoffs. I'd be I don't want to say like I'd be surprised if they didn't make the playoffs, but I, I think they ultimately make it. I we'll see how everything shakes out. Hopefully, for your sake, the Yankees don't necessarily uh win the division or go on another deep playoff run. For your sake. I mean, no, they won't. They're choke artists. So exactly. All right, Peter, let's get into some football action because the NFL season is around the corner. Uh, last Thursday uh, was the Hall of Fame game between the Cowboys and the Steelers. Uh, the, Hall of Fo- the Hall of Fame ceremonies took place last Saturday and Sunday. And preseason football is getting underway tonight uh, and starting this week. So, Peter, I'm happy about the NFL season finally being here. Uh, did you catch the Hall of Fame game by any chance? Yeah, a little bit. I, I watched the first quarter, and then it was on the background because, like, it's whatever. But, I mean, no no players, like, playing that game. Michael Parsons was amazing. Yep, Parsons, Parsons was fantastic. Uh, the Steelers, you got a little bit on their backup quarterback situation, the battle between Mason Rudolph and Dwayne Haskins. I don't get the Steelers either because they're playing Juju, they're playing Jace Claypool, they're playing, like, Najee Harris. I was like, what are you doing? Yeah, but so that's that's one interesting storyline heading into preseason that I'm very intrigued to see. Uh, Ron Rivera, coach of the Washington football team, he also said something similar in terms of week one of the preseason. He says his guys are going to play and play a lot. And uh, I believe, who else said that? I believe maybe Urban Meyer or someone along those lines also said that. So that's something to note 
as we head into week one of the preseason, how long are the starters going to go? Well, I get to the Jags, though, because you're going to have Bruce to Arians was the other coach. So that I'm sorry, Bruce Arians. Oh, yeah. Strut out Tom Brady. Yeah. Yeah. Br- he said Brady's playing at least at least um, at least a series. But now you play oh. uh, like Aaron Rodgers. Fall suit with him and never play since like 2018. So I think it's because this year is a little bit different. Kind of the a lot of the players are vaccinated. So there's different guidelines now. So I do believe they want to get real football back. And I think that's why we're going to see a lot of teams play their starters a quarter. That's my guess. I think most teams are going to play the starters a quarter uh, for week one of the preseason. But that's exciting. Did you catch any of the Hall of Fame ceremonies? Yeah, a little bit. Obviously, Peyton Manning, like, roasting Tom Brady. And, yeah, I, I like And then Manning's. Calvin Johnson being like, I still hate you, Lions. Yeah, Calvin Johnson did not shout out the Lions organization once. He shouted out the Lions fans for dealing with the d- disappointment for the majority of his career. But the Lions organization did not get a shout out. I think Peyton's speech was really good. I think it was clever. It was witty. It was, he threw in a little bit of humor. Uh, I liked it. I like listening to the Hall of Fame speeches. I think they're all good. I think Jimmy Johnson's, like, they were all good. Isn't it crazy that Calvin Johnson, like, got drafted in uh, 2007 and then retired and then made the Hall of Fame and Brady's still playing? I think that's absolutely absurd. Exactly. And you look at Calvin Johnson. He's he had a career similar to Barry Sanders, where it, it wasn't necessarily the the duration that made it there. It was just the the short lifespan. But wow, was he impactful? You know, he was the best receiver in football for quite some time, and he deserves to be in the hall. Uh, there's no no way. Oh, about it's true. It. I mean, he dominated nine years. Exactly, but, and he was fantastic, and for and he deserves everything. Next year, there is some uh, there is some worthy guys that probably going to enter the hall. So. Uh, but I think this year's class was special, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, Peter, without further ado, let's continue to get into the NFL here. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Carson Wentz. So, uh, was it last week we broke down the AFC South, or was it the week before? That was two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, right? Yeah, last week we did the AFC East. So, Carson Wentz, uh, he's going to be out five to 12 weeks. Uh, he has a foot injury, um, but uh, Chris Mortensen of ESPN reported that he could be uh, – Active week one, uh, but as it currently stands, if he is unable to go, uh, the Colts quarterback room is rookie Sam Ellinger uh, from Texas and quarterback Jacob Eason, who was drafted a couple of years ago. So let's, for the sake of argument, say Carson Wentz is out uh, for a couple weeks. Let's say he has to miss some time. Uh, how do you see that Colts team fa- uh, faring? Let's say he's going to miss the first, I don't know, four weeks, four to six weeks. Do you think that Colts team is really going to take a, a hit? Assuming that they don't bring back Car- uh, Nick Foles, right? Yep. I mean, it's just their MO. They never have a quarterback. So I-, I don't think they'll be that bad. But, I mean, they do face the Seahawks, Titans, Rams first three weeks. So they're probably going to go on three. Yeah, on I, I agree. even if Carson Wentz is there, I, I think. Uh, it's tough going out the stretch. You know, I, I that's tough. So I, I think however the way you want to slice it, Carson Wentz's, Carson Wentz's injury history uh, is already wreaking its head. And this, if he is unable to miss time, he's going to affect uh, the the return on the trade that the Eagles are going to get because he has to play, I think, 75% of the snaps. Right. Oh, yeah. And then it'll be like a set, first round pick, set, second round pick. Correct. So that's something to look for, look at heading forward for the Colts and the Eagles. But uh, I do think they said Sam Ellinger's looked pretty good in camp. Uh, Jacob Eason, I wasn't high on him in the People draft. People like Jake Ellinger, too. 
I like El- I like Sam Ellinger. I-, I thought he was somebody that would go in uh, late day two, early day three. That would be on, on an NFL roster. He's a comp- he's a guy that fights. He competes. He started at Texas forever, uh, and it wouldn't shock me at all if he started week one. Like he has a nice feel good story. Uh, I th- I like Ellinger, and hopefully he beats out Jacob Eason. That's my hope. The team is still good though. The defense is really good. Their offensive line obviously is taking a hit because of Quentin Nelson, but yeah. Quentin Nelson, ironically enough, has the same injury Carson Wentz has. Yeah. So uh, what are the odds of that? And more news from the Colts leaked out today. They um, extended general manager Chris Boward and head coach Frank Reich. Um, they extended them, I believe, through the 2026 season or through the 2027 season, whatever it was. They're going to be in Indianapolis a long time. So that's I, I like it, though. Frank Reich's yeah. a good coach, and that GM drafts okay. well, but he doesn't spend money. Yeah, Ballard's an okay GM. I, I think Frank's a better coach. Uh, and they also paid Darius Leonard. Uh, they paid him a five-year deal worth $99.25 million. Uh, at age 26, Leonard, you could argue he's one of the best linebackers in football. He's a two-time Pro Bowler, uh, two-time All-Pro. Uh, he won the Defensive Player of the Year award, and he's only missed six games in his career. So uh, he, he's an absolute baller, uh, and he's the anchor of that defense. Oh, yeah, so the, top five linebacker. Yeah, I, I'd probably put him top three. I might put him number one. I think he's that good. But, Peter, let's get into some quarterback competitions as training camps ramp up. Joint practices are going to really ramp up with other teams starting next week and the week after, along with preseason. So we're going to be able to see when the lights are on how these quarterback competitions unfold. So let's start off in Denver, right, Uh, in the AFC West. Drew Locke versus Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, When we talked about the AFC West, I thought that Bridgewater would win the – I thought he would win the race. Uh, I know they gave up a sixth round pick to get him. Not saying that's really anything significant, but uh, it felt like to me that Vic Fangio and company were done with true luck. Uh, who do you think comes out of that competition as uh, the winner? I hope it's Teddy Bridgewater because obviously you saw last year what Drew Locke can do and he can't do much. And they traded for Teddy Bridgewater for a reason. But I mean, Drew Locke's starting week one and then Teddy Bridgewater starting week two of the preseason. Vic Fangio already said it's like even. So I, I don't really know. I hope for the Broncos' sake it's Teddy Bridgewater because I think he wills whatever team he's on, the Saints, the Panthers, whatever. Yeah, Bridgewater, you know what you're going to get. He's steady. Is he going to move the needle a lot? Not really. But when it comes to Drew Locke, he's more of a wild card. Sure, he'll have flashes of greatness, but there will be other times where he throws turnover after turnover, and that really impacts how the Broncos want to play. If the Broncos want to run the ball and play defensive football, Teddy Bridgewater is the guy to do that. Uh, Drew Locke, I think he takes too many chances. Like I mentioned, he turns the ball over too much. I think Bridgewater <laughs> wins it in wins it in camp, and he will be your starter week one. Uh, let's move on uh, to, to the Bay. Uh, San Francisco 49ers, we have not broken down the NFC West yet. We're going to do it next week. But Jimmy Garoppolo versus Trey Lance – some people don't even want to call it a competition and I think that's fair, but it is notable that Trey Lance has gotten some reps with the first team uh, and Garoppolo has been a little shaky. He's been inconsistent at times. Uh, do you think Garoppolo ends up winning the job? Yeah, I, I just don't think that Trey Lance is going to be ready for week one. I think he's going to get redshirted probably to at least half the year because I think his college career, obviously it's only one game. It's going to catch up to him in the NFL career, you know? He's, I don't think he's ready for NFL defenses. I don't think he's ready for a- a- anything like that. And I think he's a little too injured, too. 
not to mention that, like, again, it's not a big deal where you go to school, but Trey Lance didn't go to Alabama. He didn't face an SEC defense. He didn't face a Big 12 defense. He was out there at North Dakota State, you know? So I think it's a big adjustment from North Dakota State to facing a defense in the NFL. I think that's a huge jump. Uh, the only thing I'll question about the Garoppolo front is San Francisco willing to pay him that money. Uh, I'm still not 100% convinced, and I talked about that uh, at will earlier in the offseason. And I thought a restructure was coming, and that has not been the necessarily case. Uh, so I think Garoppolo wins the job, uh, but will he keep the job? I'm not convinced of that. I'm really not. And I it think- depends how they do, though, because they're like in win now mode. I don't see them starting a rookie quarterback with no experience. But if you know. let's say they start off two and two, right? Whatever, three and three, and Garoppolo has some turnovers, and they're winning games defensively, and they're winning games in spite of Garoppolo. I could see them going to Trey Lance. Or if Garoppolo gets hurt, which you can never rule out. Sure. All right, moving on. Cam Newton versus Mac Jones. Uh, We saw this competition live uh, at training camp uh, a couple weeks ago, and we're going to see it at the um, preseason week one. So Bill Belichick has not announced who will be the starter uh, for week one of the preseason. Uh, Knowing Bill Belichick, he's going to announce it after we record this podcast. Or it's going to be Brian Hoyer or Or the the other guy. Oh, Deladoga got cut. He's out. Deladoga's oh, I really out. actually yeah. like him. Yeah, Deladoga got cut. Uh, they had to cut Deladoga because they needed to sign a long snapper because Joe Cardona got hurt. So Deladoga, but he's probably going to be on the practice squad. But, but uh, I mean, yeah. why keep oh, Brian Hoyer? Because he's Brian freaking Hoyer, Peter. So Brian Hoyer, he is not going to start. I think that's fair. Uh, so Cam Newton versus Mac Jones. Uh, Cam Newton started off camp um, very well, but it seems like he's come back down to earth. And Mac Jones has been really hot the last four or five practices. Uh, Jones has been on absolute fire. He's been developing chemistry uh, with a plethora of the receivers, in particular Jacoby Myers. Uh, so according, of, according to Zach Cox of Nesson, uh, Mac Jones is eight of eight in the last six practices uh, targeting uh, Jacoby Myers. So the connection with Jacoby Myers in the slot, uh, that resembles that, that old Tom Brady Patriots offense. And I think Mac Jones is a better passer than Cam Newton. But I do think, I think Belichick likes Cam Newton. I think Cam Newton brings the running element that the Patriots value. Who do you think starts week one? Cam Newton, and I'll bet my life on it. He'll win versus the Dolphins because Bill Belichick loves him. And he, Mac Jones won't sniff the field until at least week seven, eight. Seven? Yeah, right. I, I think there is probably a 70% chance Newton starts week one. I was higher on that last week, but. They brought him in for a reason, you know. I know no, they I, dropped in Mac Jones and stuff, but like. I agree, but if if Mac Jones, let's say he tears it up these first three preseason games and he tears it up on the joint practices, uh, I don't think it's necessarily crazy to say Mac will end up starting because I, I, I really don't. I think Cam does end up starting, but I think he's going to have a short leash, and that wouldn't shock me if Mac was the starter, like you mentioned, by week five, six, or seven. I want to see how Nikki Larry does because he's been lighting it up in camp and obviously he asked for a trade, but I think he's becoming the best receiver on that team. Which is a I wouldn't weird. say that. I well, say I mean, that. from training camp, he's been I electric. Mean, yeah, he, he's popped for sure. And right now, as it currently stands, I probably consider him as the number four receiver uh, behind uh, Bourne, Aguilar, Myers, and then it's probably Heel. I mean, Keel. So if one of those guys get down, then he's going to have a little bit of play time. So Watch him light it up in training camp. No, I mean, he is. He's going to light it up. He's been lighting it up in training camp. He's going to light it up week one, and then they're going to have to start him. 
that would be absolutely season. What a, what a story that would be if Nikhil Harry can reinvent his career. But I, I'm excited to see how Mac Jones goes week one and the preseason against the Washington football team. Like we mentioned, Ron Rivera said his starters are playing. So Chase Young's going to be uh, on the other side. Oh, yeah. Uh, is, Mac, is Mac Jones and Cam Newton going to be able to get the ball out quick and efficient? We're going to be able to see it firsthand. So I think Newton does win the job, but I think Mac Jones is going to have a really good preseason. And Peter, prediction for next week on the show, we're going to lead off the show by saying, wow, Mac Jones lit it up. Yeah, probably. That's what I'm going to go with. And I'm going to uh, be like, Brian Hoyer playing two quarters. Nice. Yep. I, big fans of Brian Hoyer here. We always see him at training camp. We're always big fans of Hoyer. And you know what? Hoyer still finds himself on the team. Peter says he's just a coach. They just don't want to pay him. He's a him. quarterback coach. Peter says he's a quarterback coach. So Hoyer, Hoyer's around. Uh, let's head to Chicago now. Uh, Andy Dalton versus Justin Fields. Uh, this seems to be going in the rookie's favor. There seems to be a lot of smoke that Justin Fields uh, seems to be taking that job. Uh, Andy Dalton, we all know how limited he was. He ended up being the back quarterback in Dallas last year. Took over when Dak Prescott got hurt. Uh, who do you think starts? I'm going to say Justin Fields because the Bears want, like, tickets and stuff, and I, I want to see it, – it, it's all dependent on how he does in the preseason. But I, I think it's screwed up Andy Dalton, you know. He goes to Chicago, he's promised a job, and then obviously they draft Justin Fields. You got to do what you got to do. But feel bad for the Red Rifle. He's always getting screwed over. I think it's – I think the answer is going to be Fields simply because that Nagy, he's on the clock. You know, if he gets – if they go 5-12 and 12 this year, he's gone. But if Fields shows a little promise and they end up winning eight games somehow and Fields looks, let's say Fields looks like Herbert did last year, then I think he's in business and then he'll be the coach of the future. But true. if they start Dalton and it's the Andy Dalton we know and love. I don't like that Bears offense so like at all. I, I don't either, but if Fields shows a little bit of promise, then I think Nagy is safe. But if they go with Dalton for the whole year and it does not go well, then I think he's gone. So I think it's all because he's on the clock. That's my guess. Now, Peter, for our last quarterback competition, do you want to save it for when we start talk about the NFC South? Sure. All right. So we'll save that Jameis Winston, Taysom Hill debate, but uh, a little bit of other news in the NFL, uh, Josh Allen uh, agreed to a six year extension, $150 million guaranteed uh, worth a total of $258 million. Uh, Josh Allen gets paid. Uh, and I think that's an understatement. Um, he finally gets the job done. He had a great year in Buffalo last year. Everybody knows that. Uh, what do you make of the extension? Uh, do you think it's going to work out? Uh, what's your first uh, takeaway on it? Uh, obviously, it's a ton of money, but you have to do it if you're the Bills. But, I mean, that screws the teams. It, you're going to catch up with the Chiefs. That's why Brady always wins. He always takes pay cuts, and he always wants a team around him to be better. And you can't build a championship team with – somebody making 45 million bucks a year you just yeah. can't it's gonna catch up to you that's why people on rookie deals like wilson with the seahawks and tony whatever that was 2013 or whatever yep. that's why they keep winning and then the chiefs obviously with mahomes and the rookie deal that's so that that's their window you know now that's yeah, gonna yeah. catch up to them you're 100 percent right uh, i couldn't agree with you more you that's perfectly stated uh, i agree with you I think that's a lot of money and sure, like you have to give it to him, but he's making $43 million a year. Mahomes makes 45 million. I don't put Josh Allen in Mahomes's class. And uh, do I think Allen's legit? I do. But if you want to take, so Allen's played three seasons. Now, if you want to take away last year, these are Allen's numbers. So if 2020 didn't happen, uh, he was 15 and 12, his first two years, 30 touchdowns, 21 interceptions, 
a completion percentage of 56.3% and a QBR of 49.6. So was 2020 an outlier or is 2020 what we're going to get in 2021? Well, an argument could be made. Well, there was no uh, fans. Uh, It was easy for him to play in the road. That's why he was so well in the road. So I don't know. I mean, would it shock you if Josh Allen came back a little bit down to earth this year? I I mean, he he has to, right? Yeah, I think he's probably not the guy that we saw last year. His completion percentage isn't going to be 70%. He's probably going to be around 64, 65%. And he'll turn the ball a little bit over. But I, I think he's in between what we saw in 2020 and 2019. Well, he's a frail, but I don't think he's a top, even like a top five quarterback. I don't either, but we'll see how it goes. And that's the running market, which is crazy. Guys like Baker Mayfield and Lamar Jackson are going to get paid. Lamar Jackson is going to go. Yeah. Regardless uh, of what you think of him, like throwing the ball, I think he should ask for 40 at least. You want a VP, you know? Yeah. Lamar is going to get more than Allen, in my opinion. Uh, Speaking of quarterbacks that, well, this one already got paid. This one's just unhappy still. Sean Watson, uh, who's been at training camp, but he is not participating. He's already been ruled week, ruled out week one of the preseason. Uh, Deshaun Watson, do you think he ends up with the member of Houston uh, Texans week one? I mean, I've been saying it all year, so I have to stick with it. Yes, I, I think he's going to start week one, unless the uh, investigation goes south. But I, I don't think he's going to get traded. I think he would already got traded by now. But it's kind of weird how he plays, like, with the safeties and stuff and screws around in training camp, and he doesn't really – Yep, I I agree. Quarterback things. I think if Houston wanted to trade him, they would have already done it. They wouldn't have dragged their feet and made him come to training camp and all this stuff. I think he's a member of the Houston Texans week one. Uh, Will he be traded at the end of the season? I don't rule that out. But I think he's playing 2021 as a member of the Houston Texans. Is he willing to sit out? Maybe. And if he does – then he'll sit out. I don't I don't think Houston's going to trade him right now. I think Houston's going to wait. He's a 25-year-old franchise quarterback, and uh, they're going to ask for the moon for him. They're going to ask for, like, five first-round picks. In a team like the Philadelphia Eagles, Miami Dolphins, team like that, I don't know how willing they're going to be able to do that. So I think he's a member of the Texans week one. Uh, despite all the noise now, despite him, he's not going to play the, any preseason. He's not going to do that. Uh, I, I think he's playing, though. I, I think he's going to at least be a member of the Texans roster. Uh, another um, unhappy contract uh, got figured out this past week. Xavier Howard, a uh, member of the Miami Dolphins, cornerback. I would call him a top five cornerback in the game. Uh, we talked about it with Matt last week in the podcast when we talked about the A's East, how his future was uncertain. But the Dolphins figured it out with him. He's going to be at the Dolphins for at least the next couple of years. They gave him a pay bump. Um, what do you make of Xavier Howard staying in Miami? Do you think it was the right decision uh, making him happy? I mean, obviously, as you said, top five cornerback. Probably even like a top three cornerback behind Gilmore and Ramsey. But uh, Pats, take uh, take notes of how to do it with Gilmore. Yeah, I agree. I think Gilmore is eventually going to get – the thing with the that's a little bit different between Howard and Gilmore, uh, Gilmore has no years left on his deal. Uh, Howard, I believe, already had two or three years left. So I think that's a substantial difference in a very – it's different when it comes to negotiating a contract. Because Gilmore wants an extension. They gave Howard more of like a a pay bump. Uh, Sure, the Patriots could give Gilmore a pay bump, but I think Gilmore wants some security. So we'll see how the Gilmore uh, deal works. And Gilmore's still out. Uh, He's obviously still rehabbing. So there's a little bit of differences in those circumstances. And Xavier Howard pretty much out of the Dolphins in that Instagram post. Oh, yeah. We haven't really seen that from Gilmore. It's kind of been like the subtle stuff. But Xavier Howard pretty much gave him the Nikhil Harry treatment. 
It's like, I hate you. Yeah, exactly. Speaking of hate, uh, we're going to talk about a player that hates their team uh, when we break down the NFC South. But Peter, want to get in the NFC South now? Let's do it. All right. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, the win total is set at 12 wins. Uh, So according to DraftKings, they have them set at 12 wins. Uh, When you look at this Bucs team, right, they were uh, miraculously able to bring back everybody back which is crazy to fathom a team coming off a Super Bowl win. First time ever, right? That. Yeah. First team, first time ever, they were able to retain everybody uh, in particular. Let's start off with at the receiver position. Uh, they were able to retain uh, Chris Godwin. They gave him the franchise tag and that was huge. Uh, they also paid Antonio Brown. He got a one-year deal worth over $6 million. Uh, they retained Rob Gronkowski. They gave him a one-year deal worth up to $10 million. Uh, substantial money there. And uh, they even retained their key parts defensively. Shaq Barrett, they gave him four-year, $68 million deal. Uh, they gave Indomitian Sue a one-year, $9 million deal. They gave linebacker Levante David a two-year deal worth $25 million. So they were able to pay everybody. And they were able to add as well. They added uh, running back Giovanni Bernard to a one-year deal. And they also retained uh, Leonard Fournette to a one-year deal. So, Peter, when you look at this Bucks team, uh, do you have them winning more than more or less than 12 games? Hard over. I have them possibly losing to the Rams, possibly losing to the Colts, maybe, and possibly losing to the Patriots. Uh, but, ah. I mean, no, it's, I think it's hard over. I think they're going to win 15, 16 games easy. Business as usual with Brady. NFC Championship at least, and then probably making the Super Bowl. I have that. Pays me to say it. I was going to say that. That takes a lot for you to say. You were saying uh, every, you if if nobody's listened to it yet, you got to absolutely re-listen to episodes early in Pombo and Peter's picks. Hey, listen. So, well, whenever he makes the playoffs, whenever he faces the Packers, whenever he faces the Rams, whenever that's going to be, them. whenever he faces the Niners, I'm going to bet against them all the time. I just don't want to see him win a stupid eighth Super Bowl, which I think every single week Peter would go back. Oh, Packers plus five, whatever. Rams, whatever. Washington oh, yeah. football and even team, if they make it to the Super Bowl, I'm going to bet yep. on the Chiefs. I'm going to bet on the Titans. I'm going to bet on the Browns. I'm going to bet on the Ravens. I don't care. All right, good to know for the future. But you're taking the over here. I also agree. I think they win 14 games. I think they go 14 and three. I have them in the over. Uh, you look at this team. Brady's a year older. Uh, that doesn't matter to me anyway. At age 44, he's, he's healthy now. Uh, we talked about how he played on that MCL injury. And now he's healthy. His weapons are healthy. Uh, I think he's going to have another big year. Uh, and I think the Bucs, they're going to win 14 games and are probably going to be the number one seed uh, in the NFC. Uh, moving on, Peter, let's talk about the New Orleans Saints. So the Saints, uh, they had an offseason that was very interesting to say the least. So the Saints, uh, Drew Brees, he obviously parted, uh, retiring from the, from the NFL. Uh, so he's no longer there. So now the Saints are kind of in a quarterback battle between Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill. Uh, Jameis Winston, former first-round pick from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And uh, Taysom Hill, the converted uh, do-it-all, tight end, running back, receiver, special teams. Uh, so they're in camp battling. So before I go into any more of the offseason, Peter, who do you like winning that quarterback battle? I love Jameis Winston. I thought he got outed in the Bucks, and I love Jameis Winston. If you start Taysom Hill, you're – you saw it already. You're going to go one and two, two and you're going to be a middling team. And I think the Saints are going to be a middling team, but I, I like James Winston better because I, I think that Sean Payton just wants to use Taysom Hill everywhere. He doesn't want him to keep him at quarterback, you know? 
Yeah, I agree with you. I think Winston does start. Uh, I, but here's the thing. I wouldn't be surprised. Well, here, I'm not even going to say I'll be surprised. I think they're going to use a two-quarterback. Oh, it's going to be a split. I mean, even yeah. with Breeze, Taysom Hill was in there way too much. Like, I think Winston will probably start the game, but when they're in the red zone, I think Taysom Hill is going to be in the game because I don't think Sean Payton trusts uh, Jameis Winston to really, uh, in crucial situations, I think he's afraid of that interception, that turnover that Jameis Winston is always good for. Uh, I think it's going to be a two-quarterback offense, but I think Winston is going to probably play 65% of the snaps. Taysom Hill will play about 35% of the snaps. And I think Sean Payton's going to be able to get creative, and I think he's going to really show his creative offensive mind because I think he's going to really – he's probably really wanted to show it uh, over the last couple of years, and he hasn't been able to. Always you know? does. I mean, he loved Taysom Hill. I don't, I exactly. don't get it. I don't get yeah, it. Yeah, he, he has an obsession with Taysom Hill. But in terms of the rest of the offense or uh, rest of the offseason, uh, they signed linebacker Quan Alexander uh, to a one-year deal. Uh, they signed Princeton Mukamara, the cornerback. Uh, they used a franchise tag on their safety, Marcus Williams. Uh, so in terms of uh, their offseason, it was uh, relatively quiet. Uh, they signed running back Devonta Freedom, uh, Freeman, uh, running back Ty Montgomery, uh, in terms of losses, though, they took some – remember the Saints for that team? They were, like, minus $50 million in cap space. Oh, yeah. I mean – Yeah, they were – they took a little bit of a beating. They lost defensive end Trey Hendrickson to the Bengals. Uh, they lost cornerback Janoris Jenkins. They lost defensive tackles Sheldon Rankins. Uh, they lost some pieces. Cornerback Justin Hardy, uh, receiver Emmanuel Sanders, uh, tight end Jared Cook, uh, tight end Josh Hill. So, like, they lost some pieces. There's no way about, no way to go about it. But uh, DraftKings has them set at, uh, actually, Peter, before I get into that, uh, let's talk a little bit about Michael Thomas. Uh, Michael Thomas, he's disgruntled. He's unhappy. Uh, it started, I think it started last year when he uh, uh, he got in that big fight at practice, remembering Sean Payton, find him and spend yep. him for that. Yep. I think that's where it started. And uh, it kind of went through this year as well. Uh, because Sean Payton pretty much outed him in a public interview where he said Michael Thomas should have got surgery earlier in the offseason, and he didn't. And Michael Thomas put together some social media post that was a little murky, you know? So what do you think happens with Michael Thomas? Does he finish, this year, finish the season as a member of the Saints? No, because I think he's going to either sit out because he's quote-unquote injured, or he's going to get fined by the team. Or I think he's going to have to get traded. But, I mean, show it to me. Well, I mean, he's one of the best route runners I've ever seen. Yep. Pro- probably a top five, you know. But I just think his personality is too much. And that team's low-key falling apart. I think Alvin Kamara is going to be like, what am I doing here? You know, the yeah, rebuilding no, Saints team. I think Thomas is on his way out at the end of the year. Uh, from, like, the cap perspective, it would be more applicable if the Saints did it next at the end of the year. And I think that's what will happen. So I think the Saints team is going to be disgruntled. I think there's going to be uh, unhappiness, and I think that's how it's going to go. So according to DraftKings, the Saints are set at nine wins. So Peter, what's your prediction for the Saints? Yeah, I just have them um, as an under. I don't. I don't like this team really much. I, I like Jameis Winston. I like Alvin Kamara, but I don't like the defense. And that division is going to be hard. I think the Falcons got a little better. The Panthers obviously got better, and the Bucks are just going to be the Bucks. I think they're going to sweep the division. So yeah, and. I don't think the Saints roster is as good as it uh, was last year. And and I think that's going to come back to bite them. I have the under as well. I have them winning seven games. I think they go seven and 10. 
Uh, I just don't necessarily love the roster, and I think they're going to take a little bit of a step back from losing Drew Brees. Uh, granted, Drew Brees was nothing special last year, and he uh, certainly, I don't want to say fell off a cliff, but he certainly dropped, his play dropped significantly. And I think it's going to, the quarterback play is not going to be as good as it was last year. And they, I think they win seven games. No, because Drew Brees can still read the line. He can read the defense yeah, better than exactly. anybody. And then just. Yeah, I don't trust the team this year to do that. I don't trust the quarterback on that team to do that this year. All right, Peter, let's talk about the Carolina Panthers, a team that uh, some people are high on, some people are low on. I think most people are a little unsure about this team. So their big offseason acquisition was they acquired Sam Darnold in the offseason. Uh, they acquired Sam Darnold for a 2021 sixth-round pick as well as a second and fourth rounder in 2022. Uh, to be their franchise quarterback, uh, the Panthers could have drafted a quarterback in this draft. Uh, they could have drafted Justin Fields. They were always a candidate. Uh, that people assumed they would be in on a quarterback and they elected to pass. They rolled with Sam Darnold uh, to be that guy. And the Panthers were very busy uh, during the NFL draft. Uh, again, like I mentioned, passed on the quarterback, but went with arguably the best cornerback in the draft in J.C. Horn. So uh, the, I like J.C. Horn. I think he can be impactful. That Panthers defense really struggled mightily last season. So I think they're going to be on the right track this year. In terms of other uh, off season. So Matt rule is going to be going into year two. And I think that's absolutely big for them and big for that team as a whole. And that program, uh, other than Darnold and JC Horn, uh, Curtis Samuel left the Washington football team, the receiver. Uh, he, he had a great year last year. So that's a significant loss. Uh, they were able to sign AJ Bouye from the Broncos, uh, that cornerback. Uh, they signed tackle Cameron Irving. Uh, they signed guard Pat Eflin. Uh, they signed linebacker Hassan Reddick. So they were busy. Uh, they lost running back Mike Davis, who's going to be the starter in Atlanta, it looks like. So they seem to be addressing the defense and offensive line. Uh, so according to DraftKings, the Panthers are set at seven and a half. What do you think? This is a team really hard to read because I like their offense. Sam Donald put it a shut up time, but McCaffrey. Robbie Anderson, stuff like that. But I, I don't trust their defense to get it done. I think that – I, I don't believe in Donald bailing them out because obviously that Adam Gase had an effect, oh, bad effect in the Jets in New York. And if history shows itself, Ryan Tano with the Titans, I think he's going to rejuvenate career. The Panthers, but I, I just don't think – I think they're a year away. All right. I, so you have them in the under. Yeah, a, a slight, but I wouldn't be surprised if they do hit the over. But You're taking the under. I'm going to take the over. I think the Panthers can win nine games. I think they go nine and eight. I think Darnold's going to have a really a career year uh, in every statistical category. I think he's finally going to have an offensive coordinator, and Joe Brady is finally going to take advantage of his strengths. Uh, I like this Panthers team. Uh, their defense, that's a big question mark, but I think Darnold can be a good enough game manager to get them Ws. I like this team going forward. I really do. I think Darnold will be their franchise quarterback. I think he's going to reinvent his career. Uh, I, I really like him. I really do. And I wrote an article for the dailygoats.com way back when saying Darnold was going to have a bounce back season. And I wouldn't totally put him out of the equation for comeback player of the year. I think he's that special. I really do. And I think he's going to have people falling in love with him as they did when he was drafted third overall with the Jets only a couple of years ago. So I'm going to take the over. All right, Peter, let's talk about the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons were a team that 
had an interesting offseason as well. So they elected to stay with Matt Ryan at the quarterback position. Uh, some people were a little surprised. Uh, many thought they would draft a Trey Lance, a Mac Jones, Justin Fields. But they showed their loyalty, loyalty uh, to Matt Ryan. Uh, whether that's the good thing or bad thing, time will be told on that. So they ended up going with Kyle Pitts, uh, the tight end, uh, which a lot of people like. Uh, and they also hired head coach Arthur Smith uh, to take over in Atlanta for uh, uh, good old Dan Quinn, who got uh, fired uh, at the midway port of last year. On the Cowboys now, though. Exactly. So uh, the Falcons, they added uh, running back Mike Davis. Uh, he looks like he's going to be their primary back. Uh, they added receiver Cordell Patterson and, Ta- and Ty J. Sharp. Uh, they acquired tight end Lee Smith from the Bills. Uh, and they added some offensive line help. They added Josh Andrews. Uh, they also added linebacker uh, Brandon Copeland. Uh, they added safety Jerron Harmon, former Patriot. And they added safety uh, Eric Harris. So their secondary is something that I really thought sucked. I thought their secondary was awful last year. So uh, Jerron Harmon will help in some aspect of it, you know. Uh, Not really, though. Yeah, but it's, he's better than nothing, you know. Like, at least they tried to address it. Uh, so Harmon was out in Detroit last year. So they did have some losses. They lost center Alex Mack to the 49ers. Alex Mack was their center for a number of years. Uh, they lost safety Keanu Neal to the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, they also lost guard Justin McCray to the Houston Texans. They lost safety Ricardo Allen to the Bengals. Uh, but they also added safety Ricardo Davis, uh, who I'm sorry, Ricardo Allen uh, from the Cincinnati Bengals. And they added a backup quarterback, A.J. McCarron, who I thought would end up being something and is not. So, Peter, according to DraftKings, the Falcons are set at seven and a half wins. What is your takeaway? So, I have them as the under because I think that the teams in the division are way too good. Matt Ryan is business as usual. He's going to have to bail out his defense every time. He's going to have to win games 40-plus points every time. And most importantly, they don't have Julio Jones anymore. They have Calvin that's Ridley. A, they have that's Kyle a very Pitts. good point, Peter. I apologize for that. Yeah, it's all good. That. But uh, – their offense is going to be really, really, really good, as they always are. But I, I just don't think Matt Ryan can bail them out. Yeah. So what, I just want to talk a little bit about Julio because I, I forgot to mention that. Um, you look at Julio Jones, and he was a staple on that offense for a number of years. Uh, he was the go-to target in Atlanta for Matt Ryan. How is Matt Ryan going to do without him? Sure, they have Kyle Pitts now, and I think Calvin Ridley can take a step in the right direction. But I'm not sure how Arthur Smith will be in terms of his first year as a head coach. I still have a lot of question marks about that team defensively. I still have a lot of questions about the offensive line. I think they win five games, so I th- I have them in the under. And I think this will be Matt Ryan's last year in Atlanta. I think Dropped be- everybody on Atlanta, though, fantasy. Even Matt oh, Ryan. Yeah, they're going to put up numbers. points. Yeah, they're going to put up points, but I just don't think if they're going to be able to win games 38-35 every week, and especially in a division with when you got to play Tom Brady twice a year. Uh, I just don't think that's a recipe for success. And a first-year head coach, I'm not in love with it. I'm going to take the under, and I think Matt Ryan will be moving on at the end of this season. Uh, similar to Aaron Rodgers, I think Rodgers and Matt Ryan will be the two quarterbacks that people are going to really uh, gravitate towards. I do want to see how Calvin really does on double or triple coverage on the red zone. I think he'll be okay, but because I think Kyle Pitts will be taking up just as many uh, coverages. I think Pitts is already going to come into the NFL uh, with that much swag and that much energy. You know, I think he's that good. All right, Peter, let's get into some NBA Summer League action, Peter. So 
I'll let you dictate this for a quick sec because your boy has. We had to go ball. All right. Well, I'm taking the floor. 16 the points, floor. 16 minutes, 10 points, and 10 minutes last game. I think he should be signed by the Hornet just because of Lamella Ball. You see, listen, you see how happy LeVar Ball was every time he hit a three? The definition of patience and something will come for you. Never give up. Angelo Ball, please get signed by anybody. Not even the Hornet. Just get signed by anybody and play NBA minutes, please. All right, Peter. That's all I got. He's not, I don't think he's going to get signed. He's electric. He's electric. So was Carson Edwards in Summer League. But point is, I just don't necessarily see uh, I, I think the I think the Hornets are going to be a pretty good team this year. I think they're going to be fighting for a playoff spot. They had a really good offseason. They had a really good draft. I think they're building something special. I think LaMelo Ball is box office. I think he draws in a lot of star power, fan power. But if LaMelo Ball was in a contract year right now and he was leaning towards leaving, then I would be just as you are. Sign, sign Leangelo Ball. Give him anything he wants, but I don't think they're in that that necessarily point yet. I think he's happy to be in New Orleans. Uh, I'm sorry to be in Charlotte. Uh, so I don't think he's going to end up being on the team. The only way he is is if Lamelo Ball kicks around a little bit of unhappiness, which I don't necessarily. Why really you don't think Lamelo Ball would be like, listen, sign my brother? No, that's uh, his father would, but I don't think he's going to be that guy. Lonzo wasn't that guy when he was with the Lakers or the Hornets. Lonzo's quiet. I'm sorry, the Pelicans. I, I got the New Orleans team. Don't mess up today. He wasn't with the with the Lakers, the Pelicans, but I like that. Yeah, Lonzo's more reserved, and I think so is Lamelo for some extent. Hey, listen, we'll talk in three weeks when he gets signed. So La, Lamelo Ball, right? Who had a nice rookie campaign, is going to jump in a. He's going to run in a Michael freaking Jordan's office and say, "Michael Jordan, sign my brother Leangelo Ball. Don't worry about his." You resume. see what we did in high school. You see what we did in JBA. Yeah. You see what we did in Lithuania. Don't worry you see what about we what did happened in Australia together. Don't worry what happened in China. Don't worry about it. Sign no, this one guy. Time. That's one mistake. Yeah, it's, don't worry about it. Sign my guy, and Michael Jordan's going to be like, "Oh yes." Anything for you, Lamelo? No, like no, I, I don't see it. Like, if this was a, a different circumstance, if he was in Bradley Beal's situation where he looked like he was on his way out, then Peter, I'm you got to do whatever the frig you need to do to get him to stay. But I don't think he is in that situation. I don't think. I don't think I, I could see him playing in the G League there. You just got to give him a chance. It wouldn't shock me if he had a two way contract and he just played in the G League. But I don't think he's getting NBA minutes there. I don't. And the last topic of conversation that I want to talk about in the NBA is Luka Doncic. Uh, Luka Doncic, he got paid, Peter. My guy got paid, and rightfully so. Uh, Luka Doncic is somebody that, uh, he, in my opinion, he's a well, he's not a top five player in the NBA yet, but at the end of the season, I think he will be pushing top three, top five. He's that special at such a young age. Uh, what he's been able to do for the Dallas Mavericks is special. And I think he's going to be a difference maker for that Mavericks team for the future. Uh, so the Mavericks, they re-signed him to a max offer because uh, he was eligible for this summer. It was a five-year, $207 million super max. The fifth year is a team option. So it is a uh, over $200 million deal for Luka Doncic. What's your takeaways? I didn't think he was going to go anywhere, but the free agency clause next year keeps getting bleak and bleak and bleak. It's just Bradley Beal, baby. It's Bradley Beal and nobody. It's true. And Zach Levine. He's going to resign there, I think. Though. I agree. I agree. But it's Bradley Beal and Zach Levine as currently constructed. Uh, Julius Randle, uh, he uh, 
He got resigned. Obviously, staying in New York. He already resigned in New York. So and Trey Young, right obviously. But... Trey Young, obviously, is not going anywhere. So, yeah. And another free agent news here. Uh, Dennis Schroeder signed a one-year, $5.8 million deal with the Celtics. Peter, give me 15 seconds to say it. I love the deal. Uh, the Knicks pay, are paying Derrick Rose $14 million a year to be their point guard. Uh, the Celtics are, are paying Schroeder a third of that. I absolutely love the deal. Do I love Schroeder, the player? No. But is he worth more than $5.9 million? Uh, hell yeah. Have you seen the contracts be given out? Kelly Olynyk got a three-year, $37 million deal. Alec freaking Burks got a three-year, $33 million deal. That's $11 million a year. Like, and freaking Schroeder, who's better than both of them, gets $5.8 million. Good deal for Brad Stevens. Uh, I don't know if he's going to start, but if not, he'll be the first guy off the bench, and he's going to pack a punch offensively and defensively for the Celtics. And I think... I tell you what, Peter, I think he's an upgrade over Kemba Walker. I do. Oh, he is. I mean, he can actually play. He can but actually play. He's healthy. One, one thing I have to say about that. If you're Schroeder's agent, I hope you get fired. Yeah, you, you, had, you had to decline that $80 million four-year deal with the Lakers last year. Yep. Kicking yourself, no. You're 100% right. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Schroeder got offered, I think it was a four-year, $84 million deal. With the Lakers, and he was it was with the Lakers, right? Yeah, it was last no? year. Yeah. yeah, and he said no. So, and he bet on himself, and the market was not, uh, the point guard market was not as ambitious as he thought it would be. He kind of got pushed out by Russell Westbrook for the Lakers, and there was no team willing to give him significant money, and that's ended up what happened. So, he ends up coming to the Celtics on a one-year deal, only worth $5.9 million in. I think he's going to have a good year because he's on a, He's on a one-year make-it-prove-it deal. So I like this deal for both parties. The Celtics can use him uh, to get the best out of that point guard room, who I th- which I think is better than it was last year. And he can use the Celtics uh, by getting some big minutes to showcase his talents. Or slowly push Marcus Smart out of the team. I think they're going to be pretty well in a nice Please. one-two tandem. I, I do. I, I do, Peter. I do. I think Smart's going to get re-signed. I do. Oh my God! You're gonna see I him do. chuck threes all the. No, but here's the thing: he doesn't have to. That's the whole point of Schroeder. He doesn't necessarily have to chuck threes anymore. But he's going to. He's Marcus Smart. He thinks he's the best three point shooter ever. I, he's been Steph Curry. He, you want a prediction, Peter? Two shows from now, he's gonna sign a four year deal worth seventeen million dollars per per year each. That's my oh prediction. my God! And then like and ten I, years from now, his thirty six is gonna get retired from the Raptors. In the NBA. Scheme of things, seventeen million dollars a year is nothing. Fournier got but... point, got paid a lot more than that. Uh, he got paid over that. We see what Dennis Schroeder is getting paid, and this does not take them out of the market for Bradley Beal. And another thing that you know, when Smart gets resigned, I'll give you the whole math on it. But it also makes him easier to trade, which makes you happy because they can't trade him if he's got a half a year left on his deal. Never going to trade. He's making him, no money. Well, you, you got a better chance if they re-sign him to trade him. But we'll worry about that if they re-sign him. But I like the Celtics offseason overall. I like Richardson. I think I think the addition of Horford, I think he'll help. Uh, I like the Celtics team. We'll see if they – and my other hope is if Laurie Markerum can fall through the cracks in Chicago. That's my other guy that – I don't want to put him in like – you know how like I have guys in the NBA I really like. Yeah. Enjoy. Laurie Markram is one of those guys. So, yeah. Well, not going to lie. I have no idea who that is. So. Oh, he could be what Nikola Jokic is. 
Oh, all right. Show yeah. me the ticket. Where's the ticket? Yeah, you're right. You're right. I screwed that up. I'm not going to mess that up again. Not going to mess it up again. All right, Peter, you have any final takeaways? Where's the ticket? My ticket for Nikola Jokic to win the MVP award never occurred because I'm an idiot. Stay hot. <laughs> <laughs>